Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Matt and Lori Crouch host New York Times bestselling author and speaker, Louis Giglio. Be encouraged as he shares how, with God by your side, you can defeat any giant that stands in your way. Well, you know, Goliath Must Fall, obviously, is the best-known underdog story of all time. Everyone who's listening in with us right now knows the story of David and Goliath. It's not just a great church story. Right. It's a great underdog story in business, in politics, in sports. Everybody knows about the little boy David who came up against this big giant named Goliath. But there's a twist in the story. Okay. And the twist in the story is that we are not David in the story of David and Goliath. Now, I know that sounds a little bit, somebody's leaning in going, what? I know maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, this, what, what happened to TBN? What happened to Matt and Laurie? Things have gone off the rails here. What happened here. to Louie? Yeah, what happened here? Yeah, what, you what, said it. What do you mean, I'm not David in the right. story of David and Goliath? I mean, from Backyard Bible Club, I'm a church kid. Right. Backyard Bible Club, vacation Bible school, summer camp, youth retreat, someone always preached on this story. And they got to the end and they looked out across the crowd. I was the smallest middle schooler. And they looked down, they, I thought they were looking at me and they said, and if this little bitty shepherd boy- Put can, it right there, you know, Louie, that's the little one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking the about. The little guy. You know, I was all like 78 pounds. Right? This, <laughs> this little shepherd boy can take down this nine and a half foot giant, mm. then surely you can take down all the giants in your life. Mm. And if you were ever at that retreat or that camp, you ran out of there with your hair on fire. Right. <laughs> you said, I'm going to scour the campground. I found my five rocks. I brought them back the next night. We consecrated them at the altar. I committed <laughs> to God, promised to God, I'm going to leave this place. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you made that same commitment somewhere along the way. I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to take down every giant that I face in my life. I am going to defeat them all. Mm. But here we are. We're not at summer camp anymore. Yep. We're not at vacation Bible school. And a lot of us, 35, not 15, 45, 55, 65 years old, and the same giant that was standing in our story at the summer camp is still standing wow. in our story wow. right now. The very same thing we were struggling with in that day, we're struggling with in wow. this day. Why? Because we don't have in our own ability the strength and the power necessary to take down all the giants in our lives. And that's the beautiful twist of this story. Mm. You know, the Bible, you guys have been huge supporters of the Jesus Bible right. Project. And the, the beautiful thing about that is it helps us find Jesus all the way through the Bible. Right. So you don't have to wait until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see that Jesus is in the story. And so if he's in the whole Bible, he must be in the story of David and Goliath. And we know he's not Saul. Saul was afraid and wasn't able to move his men forward. We know he's not the army of Israel. He's not this Philistine giant. So who is Jesus in this story? He must be David, that wow. shepherd boy who came to save the day. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the hero yeah. in the story of David and Goliath. What I mean more specifically is Jesus is David and he is your giant slayer. Come he's on the one who's come to take all the giants down. What's beautiful about this is that David came from where? He came from Bethlehem. So his father, Jesse, 
uh, lived in Bethlehem. He tended the sheep of his father's flock in Bethlehem. So he went from Bethlehem up to the battle in Elah to bring supplies to his older brothers. So a little boy shepherd comes from Bethlehem to take down a giant named Goliath. But it was another shepherd who came from Bethlehem named Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came into our story, into our valleys. He's in your story right now, and he walked into your valley, whatever you're facing. And Jesus takes all the giants down. Wow. Okay, first of all, uh, that's a big moment. And you're kind of revealing something that, what, what I took away from what you just said is that if you are, if any person is looking at their personal giant, their personal Goliath, and are identifying with David, you may, you may face that giant the rest of your life. But if you identify in that story, in that Goliath, that Jesus is the one that does it, and you rely, that's when victory comes. I mean, that's when victory can come. And that's grace. You know, grace isn't just, I put my faith in Jesus, and I'm going to go to heaven when I die. The way I like to describe grace or define it, and it could be defined a lot of ways, is grace is God at work. So whenever grace happens, it's God doing something that we can't do. And we know that we needed that in salvation, but we need it on Tuesday. We need it facing fear or or anxiety or worry. All those cousins of that first giant we talk about. We need it facing anger or addiction or whatever the giants are in our story. We need God to do something that we can't do. Everyone knows that. You know that tonight. You know that promising God, recommitting, trying harder, all those things that are really in the, in the camp of religion, they don't work. And we need God to come into the story and do something that we cannot do in and of ourselves. And that's the beauty. And a lot of people have heard that at first glance and said, wait a minute, I have the spirit of Christ and I have the power of God and I have the authority of God on my life. I can have that same spirit of victory that, that David did. And I say, absolutely, but it's not I, this is what the New Testament says, but it's Christ who lives in me. And in the text, it's really great because David comes into the story and somewhere about verse 32, he says, um, don't let anyone lose heart on account of this giant. Wow. What a great statement. That's the grace turn in the story. Something is going to shift here. And then they say, well, what are you going to do? You're just a little boy. And he says, well, here's my, here's my resume. (laughs) I was tending my father's sheep and a lion came and he snatched one of the sheep away. And I went and took the sheep out of its mouth. When I went away and it pursued me, I turned around, I seized it with my bare hands and I struck it and I killed it. I've done the same with the bear. I've got a track record here. And right when you think he's going to say, so that's why I, David, am going to go take down Goliath. But he said, and just as the Lord Mm. was with me then, the Lord is with me now. Grace was even written in to 1 Samuel 17. And so the hope of this program today is not that we're going to all get our hopes up again and our ability to go out and take down our giants. The hope of this program today mm. is that Jesus is here. Yes. And Thank he's a Lord. giant slayer. Come on. He's now. your giant slayer and he's already done everything necessary for us to walk in freedom and to walk in victory. Okay, I love yes. what you just said. He's already <laughs> done it. He's already said, it's finished. I did it all. I came to seek and to save the lost. I've come to destroy the works works of the the enemy. It is 
finished. Now, what do we as believers? So we say Goliath much small. So I love in the book where you talked about what to name the book, <laughs> right? You know, Goliath has fallen. Goliath is going. Yeah, talk it's like about not that our big <laughs> secret. Goliath is dead. We yeah. know that. It's spoiler alert. If you didn't know, that's how the story works out. And so someone said, I, I, I like your title, but how about Goliath has fallen? Or even more confidently, Goliath will fall. But there's a mandate in this. And we're going to talk about this at the end of the program today. But it's a very, very important part of this story. And I don't think you'll get the whole journey of freedom without it. But there's a mandate in this. Yes. David ran into that valley not because he was afraid for his life. He, he could have just delivered the goods and right. headed home. Right. He didn't have anything really at risk for his own physical well-being. He ran into that valley because he was determined that that giant was going to shut up. Come on now. Because the giant was stealing away the fame of his God. Yeah. And he said, that's going to stop today. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't know how this battle is going to play out but you're going to stop talking about my God and you're going to stop talking today. And that's why we say in my life, if there's a giant in my life with its foot on my chest or its hand on my throat today, it's got to go down yeah. so that God can be seen as he truly is. He is the deliverer, the savior of his people. Yeah. And he's greater than every giant we're ever going to face. So ultimately, when these Goliaths fall, Jesus gets the glory. Mm in regard to that and and it's not us it's Jesus getting the glory you have put a twist on the story of David and Goliath that is okay I gotta ask one question where were you when you got that little twist what when it hit were you, you facing your own giant <laughs> what, what happened tell us where you were take us to that point well I've been on a journey for a little while now of sort of rediscovering that the Bible is a great story yeah. it's not really a hodgepodge collection of stories. Mm. It's one story. It's 66 books, but one story, all about one name. And the name it's all about is the name of Jesus. Right. So this book isn't really all about Louis. It's really not all about Matt. It's not all about Laurie. It's not really all about you. Now, you are woven into the story. That's the miracle and mystery of God that you and I are woven into his story. We are the objects of his affection. We are the the, the intention of his love. We are the beneficiaries of his rescue. And he's got a place for you and his family and in his forever. But this story is about him. Yeah. And so as that's been unraveling in my heart over a period of time, you begin to rethink a lot of the stories that you've heard all your life. And you're kind of looking again <coughs> to say, okay, maybe it's not all about David. Maybe it's not all about me. Then who is it about? And for me personally, you know, we talked about this before when we talked about the comeback a few years ago as a pastor and a leader and somebody who'd done 17 events in 16 countries in yeah. this particular year. I fell into a hole of depression, darkness, anxiety. Uh, I mean, a big hole, a hole that I didn't get out of for several months. I, I'm not talking about like a bump in the road. I didn't leave the house for a lot of weeks. I didn't go to meetings at the church. I didn't go to dinner with friends. I didn't walk around the neighborhood in the cul-de-sac. And in that journey, I got to the end of myself. And a lot of times this is what God has to do to us to help us get to the beginning of God right. is wow. to come to the end of ourselves. And when you get so far down, so broken down, so weak, so depleted and deflated, like I felt, you have nothing else to do but to say, God, I can't do a thing. I need you to do what I cannot do. 
and I need Jesus to come through for me, even as someone who's proclaimed that, preached that, taught that, and led that. And so it's been a progression for me, but I also know this story. You know, when I talk about the Goliath coming down, this isn't like the pious message coming down from the pulpit. This wow. is a guy who's been down in a dark place in life. Yeah. And I know Jesus is greater than every giant we face. And I know he has the power. He had the power to bring me out of darkness and back into light. Wow. And he has the power to bring you out of darkness and back into light today as well. I am uh, sitting here kind of just in a... Um so excited to really be here finding the identification that we should be looking at Jesus as mm -hmm. the character of David and not trying to be the one to do. Goliath has already fallen yeah. and Jesus won that victory and we're walking in his victory. Uh, wow. So okay. how do we do that? Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, I think it's a reframing of our viewpoint to begin with. I think so much of Good teaching, well-intentioned teaching is giving us all these principles about how we can do X, how mm -hmm. I can do better, I can try harder, I can give it a better effort this time than last time. And I think life is a reframing of our view. And it doesn't mean that we don't work and walk and trust mm -hmm. and obey God. It just means that we're starting with a perspective that our giants are dead. One of the things we say in the book is your giant is dead but yet your giant is still deadly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus did the work. Jesus isn't coming back to earth, going back to the cross. He's finished the work. He's deflated the enemy. He's taken the sting out of the grave, out of sin, out of hell, and out of death. And so he's given us the option to either walk in truth or to continue to listen to a giant that's already been decapitated, right. Right. but somehow its mouth is still moving. And that's mm -hmm. the only power the enemy's got left is that deception and that story twisting power that he had in the very beginning. So we know it's real power, but that's all he's got left. We say in the book, and a lot of people get freaked out, I don't like snakes either, but if a snake dies on the trail of natural causes or whatever causes it dies, I don't know why natural causes, if a snake dies on the trail and it slowly deteriorates, say over 90 days, 100 days, 120 days, but yet you happen to come on the skeleton of the snake on the trail and it's a rattlesnake, and you pry open its mouth and you puncture your foot on its fang, there is venom in that fang a hundred days after it died, wow. which is spring loaded by its own defense mechanism. And it will release that venom a hundred days old into your foot if you stick it in its mouth. Isn't that crazy that you could be in the ER seeking treatment because of a snake that died a hundred years, a hundred days ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, a lot of us are spiritually in a bad place because of an enemy that died over 2000 years ago. Wow. But yet we've chosen to listen to the lie, mm -hmm. listen to that voice, begin to absorb that soundtrack and that narrative. And then we walked it out and lived it out as opposed to listening to God's voice, listening to this truth, believing this truth and walking in the truth that God has given us. There are two paths in front of all of us right now. And one of them is the way of truth, which we know leads to freedom. And one of them is the way of lies, which we know leads us to death. Yeah. There was a season of your life where you had to recognize I'm in the ER because of an enemy a, mm -hmm. that died 2000 years ago, yeah. but yet I'm, so people all over the world are probably identifying or maybe they're in that season that they they need to look at that enemy as dead 
how do they get there? How did you do that? Well, I think it depends on where you are in your journey. I know for me, and we could talk for a moment about that hole I was in, uh, fear and its cousins, worry, anxiety, mm. panic, um, its big brother, depression. Listen, everybody watching us knows that anxiety has a grip on this nation. Yes. It doesn't matter what age you are. There are nine-year-old kids and their parents and their dad who's a CEO and their teacher in the fifth grade classroom wow. on medication. Everywhere you look in this country, people are paralyzed by anxiety. Yeah. And for good reason. We've got the world on a screen 18 inches from our face all day and all night and somebody's going to launch a nuclear weapon. There's going to be a financial meltdown. There was another terror attack. There's, there's a lot of reasons to be anxious. But the, the thing is, in this story, as soon as we enter into this story, Goliath comes out and he taunts Israel. And the, the very first giant we see in the story, it says, and Saul and all of Israel were terrified. Wow. A few verses later, he walks out. They see him again for 40 days. They see the size and they hear the reputation. David now is in the story and it said, and they all were afraid. And so, you know, we're facing things. And I, I want to make sure if someone's watching today that they know if you get a phone call, a diagnosis, a circumstances collapse on you, fear is a natural God-given response. Mm -hmm. Fear or flight is what saves our lives. But fear the natural response, which is I shouldn't run into that or I should stay away from that. If that becomes a lifestyle, that's antithetical to the spirit of the risen right. Jesus Christ right. who gives us freedom and confidence. And 365 times in this Bible, he says to us, don't be afraid. Hmm. He knows it's going to be natural for us to be afraid, to be anxious. But then he says, be anxious for nothing. Hmm. But not just so we can give a bumper sticker today. Oh, be anxious for nothing, friends. Oh, we're glad you tuned in today. <laughs> Just be anxious for nothing. That's a little lapel pin. No, he says there's a B part. Right. But in every single thing that could make you anxious, yeah. with prayer and supplication, tell God about it. Yeah. Bring it to God. Release it to God. Transfer it to God. And that's what I've learned through my battle with anxiety. And anxiety is still a part of my story. When you get cracked like I got cracked, you don't get over it in a day. I, I said to a friend recently, it's like breaking a string on your tennis rack. I don't know if you guys play tennis or not, but when your string breaks, you're, you're done. Mm -hmm. You can try to swing harder. It's not going to work. You can put duct tape on it. It's not going to work. You know what you have to do if you break a string on a tennis racket? You have to take all those strings out and put a whole new set of strings in. And that's what God wants to do for every single person facing a giant. Yeah. He wants to take all the brokenness out, all the lies out, and he wants to refill our minds, our thinking, our hearts, our attitudes with his truth and with his word. And so that's what I had to do. Anxiety still sort of creeps up on me. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I don't say anymore, which I would have five years ago. I would have said maybe, babe, um, to my wife, um, my anxiety is sort of rising up today. I think I might need to go lie down. Mm -hmm. Anxiety isn't a thing. It's a symptom of something. Mm -hmm. So I'm digging and I talk about this in the book. I'm digging a little lower now and I'm asking the most important question I can ask. What is making me anxious? Mm -hmm. And it almost always has a name, a person's name, <laughs> because people make us anxious yeah. more than things make us anxious. And when I name it, I bring it to Jesus. He's my shepherd and I offload it to him. I say, Jesus, such and such and so and so are making me anxious right now. 
I'm going to trust that into your care because wow. honestly, I can't manage it and I can't control it. And I learned that it wasn't anxiety that was my giant. It was two other giants combining together. One called control, wanting to manage the affairs of the world. And most leaders have that. I'm going to take the easy way out. <laughs> you know, most people who want to see good outcomes are control freaks. Right. I'm not suggesting that either one of you are, given that you're leading Maybe. amazing things around the world, but I am. Right. And uh, so I had control going, but I also wanted to be liked by people. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling you, if, Boy, you, plan a, a if you plan a local church, live. you are not going to be liked all the time. Every decision is not going to be applauded. Those two things, control and wanting to be liked by people, they teamed up on me, double teamed me, and pushed me off the edge of a cliff. Wow. And so I had to get around, I'm not in control, I'm not in charge, I'm only really in control of my attitude, and God already approves of me. Yes. And He approves of you. I have the yes. approval of my Father yes. right now before I do one single thing. Yeah. Mm. And living in that is how you get free from anxiety. Uh, do me a favor, Louis. Pray for the audience that are yes. feeling those senses that you've already kind of gotten on the other side of this. I will. And I know if you feel that way, two things are true about you. One, you feel alone mm -hmm. and feel like nobody else is facing this darkness or this oppression like you are. I know that personally because I felt that. I thought that I was losing my mind and going crazy. And I thought, I'm probably the only one in this boat. So God sent us tonight to tell you, A, that you're not crazy. There may be some crazy in what you're experiencing right now, yeah. but you're not crazy. And you're not gonna go crazy. And God sent us your way tonight to remind you that you're not alone. You're not the only person that's walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And so if anxiety's had a grip on you, fear, panic, worry, Depressions had a cloud over you. I just want to pray for you in the name of Jesus tonight. Thank you, Lord. Because the name of Jesus is power. Yes. And so we're not encouraging you to do more or try harder. We're just praying for you right now. And Father, I do. I, I reach out in hope tonight. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray light in life into every valley, into every pit, into every depression, into every story right now. I pray the hope of the gospel, which is that Jesus is greater than Thank all you, of the darkness into every single person's life. And I pray that you would remind them right now that you are in that dark place with yes. them and you have the power to turn that darkness into light. So I pray you give them a song of praise. I know that's what was the game changer for me. And I pray that you would give them a song of praise yes. in the middle of the dark night and give them the grace to sing it, knowing you, that Lord. worship is a weapon yes. that leads us out of darkness and leads us into your marvelous light. We believe that for people. I believe that for people tonight in the name and in the power of Jesus. Amen. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. David ran into this valley. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you come at me with a spear and a sword. Wow. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I come at you in the name wow. of the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Where did David come from? He came from a shepherd field. Yeah. So he'd seen the power when he had to fight the bear. He'd seen the power when he fought the lion, but he also had seen the sky. Yeah. And he said, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic mm -hmm. is your name yeah. in all the earth. When I consider the heavens, mm. 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? So David's coming with this galactic view of God and that's yeah. what worship does. Magnifying the It Lord. did it for me in yeah. that pit wow. and it does it for anybody in whatever battle you're in today. It's like the London Eye. Yes. <laughs> if you've ever seen it or been to London, you get in on ground level. 30 minutes later, you're 431 feet at the apex of your journey. Mm -hmm. You're not looking up at Parliament. You're looking down at Parliament. Yeah. You're not looking up at the landscape of London. You're looking down at the Thames River and everything mm -hmm. is in view. And without worship, you're looking up at your giant. Yeah. But in worship, in time, you're going to be looking down Amen. at your giant. Beautiful. And you're going to mm -hmm. say, the giant is real yeah. and the giant is deadly but Jesus is bigger. Okay, so what are the top things that you talk about here? We've got fear. Yeah, there's five giants we talk about in the book. Um, fear, which is the first one we see in the story. We talk about the giant of anger, uh, a, sort of a sneaky one, the giant of comfort, which uh, nobody really has enjoyed so far. Right. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> lot of people have favorite. gotten the book, and you, you know how this works, and I do. <laughs> a lot of people have told me in a very short period of time since the book's been out, I didn't have any real giants, but I got this for my brother because he right. has a giant. And they <laughs> said, but I thought I would read it before I gave it to By my brother. By the way, that wasn't me that said right that. Right there, you okay. need this book. <laughs> someone well, it someone me. said that. I don't know. I don't remember who it was. But people have come up and said, we got this for our son. We got mm -hmm. this for our neighbor. They're, they're struggling with a giant. We don't really have any giants, but we want to encourage them. Mm -hmm. But I thought I would read it before I gave it to them. And they said, lo and behold, I've got more giants than I thought. Wow. And this comfort is a giant in all of our lives. We talk about the giant of rejection, which is huge yeah. and is a big uh, marker on a lot of people's lives. And we talk about the giant of addiction. So right. those are the five that we tackle in Goliath Must Fall. That comfort one is interesting because... Touch on that. That's you know, cool. here are uh, these, these fighting men. And for 40 days, they're on a hillside staring down at this nine and a half foot guy. You would think they would come up with some kind of plan in 40 days, but why not? Well, because they were afraid, mm -hmm. um, but also because they were comfortable. Why was David even there? David came to bring supplies to his brother. So they've got a tent to sleep in, a fire, because we knew they were around their fires. They've got bread coming and resupplies cheese. coming and cheese. And so why go out and risk life and limb. I might lose a, a leg if I go out and face <laughs> that guy, but I've got a comfortable campfire here. I think I'll just let him keep talking. And the way that translates into my life is I have to make sure that I'm not missing God's best mm. because I've settled for something that's good. You know, that mm. stings a little bit because it's close to home for me, yeah. mm -hmm. for all of us. But for a lot of people, it's not something terrible that's gonna steal away what God's purpose and plan is for your life. It's something good mm -hmm. that might steal away God's purpose and plan for your life. Our Savior gave His life yeah. to set us free and called us to share that story with every person on planet Earth at whatever cost. And so He never called us to comfortable. He never called us to easy. He never called us to status quo, average, normal, ordinary. He called us to extraordinary faith that Beautiful. moves us beyond yes. requiring great sacrifice so that when that moment of our departure comes, like Paul said, his was coming, we are happy that we have spent our lives recklessly in the world's eyes, but beautifully in God's eyes. And so we've got to take down that giant of comfort and reconnect with the mission of the gospel that all of us are invited into yeah. today. Not just you guys, you guys are pioneering. 
and you are blazing trails and you're reinventing every single day ways to take the story of God to the world. And people go, wow, I would love to be on television. Matt and Laurie on TV, it's so amazing. They have no idea how many sleepless nights you've had, how many times you knelt down together and said, Lord, if you don't come through, this is going to go under. How many times you've had to step out and stretch your own thinking and your own faith. That's how you're telling the whole world about Jesus. And we all have an opportunity to be a part of that and to invest in that here, but also to ask God, where do you want me to stretch in faith so that my world can come to hear the story of the giant slayer? Uh, Let's talk about fear, Louis. Um, I wanna wanna ask you about that giant because it seems to be prevalent. Oddly enough, you mentioned something just a moment ago. And as I was literally passing through a control room area and there was a news channel on, I was noticing that the news channel was talking about how many seismic seismic recording devices that exist in America that can recognize when countries test nuclear devices. So, I mean, and obviously I think they were talking about North Korea and and that some seismic thing had gone. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they tested something or if they were just prepping that, but you know, it's not a real comforting thing Mm -hmm. to watch the news ever. Uh, And so at some point I just caught it on the way in and you know, people are, Fear's a big one. Tackle that one. Yeah, well, that, you know, just to touch about? on what you're saying, Christians have an opportunity, believers in God, followers of Jesus. I'd rather say it that way than just a label. Right. Genuine followers of Jesus have the option at all times to jump out of the normal flow. And I think one of the great tragedies of life is, is that we just sort of drift down stream with the current. And the news, uh, generally speaking, and I'm a news junkie, so I I read all manner of news from left, right, middle, and everywhere else. But I also have a brain, and I know that news is based on fear. Mm -hmm. And the way that you get people to keep watching and stay connected and uh, hanging on to the end of the program is some calamity has happened, and there's a problem, and we're going to heighten the problem and get six experts, and they're going to tell us everything about that particular problem. And by the time that program is over. If you weren't afraid before it started, you're definitely afraid now. If you weren't panicking ahead of time, you're definitely panicking now. And we've got to take the right turn as we're walking through a troubled world. But we got to remember the world's always been troubled. There was never a day in the history of the world after the fall that this world hasn't been in trouble. But God has come through in every generation, in every season, and his purpose has always prevailed. He said he raises up rulers and he sets them down. Wow. He said about Cyrus, I brought him the most powerful ruler at the time, like a bird out of the east Mm. to accomplish my will, which was what? To take down Babylon. Everybody's heard about the fall of Babylon. That was because of Cyrus. God brought him like a bird of prey to take down Babylon. Why? Because he wanted to deliver his people back into the homeland where they belong. God orchestrates history. God accomplishes purpose. He raises up rulers to accomplish his will on planet earth. This is his world. It's his story. It's his history. And we have that option moment by moment to live in a real world. We don't want to go live in a silo somewhere, but to take the right turn and say, I believe in a sovereign God 
who has this entire world in his hand. And yes, I hope that we figure out the right diplomacy, the right tactics, the right, the right maneuver, the right wisdom to handle someone like a rogue ruler of a country that's sort of off the grid. Yeah. But I'm not going to let that dictate my fear meter tonight. Amen. Um, the, the best known passage of scripture probably is Psalm 23. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. And that has become real to me in my life, especially that verse. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How can we walk through this world? How can you walk through what you're walking through right now? How can you manage those circumstances and fear no evil? Because you are with me, A, and your rod and your staff they comfort me. Now, what does that mean? Well, the staff is what he used to guide the sheep. The rod is what he used to protect, the to sheep. kill the bear. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we were growing up, we were middle class, lived in an apartment complex. My dad was barbecuing, left the sliding glass door open for half a Saturday and a field rat from behind our apartment complex got <laughs> in our apartment and worked its way down to my mom and dad's bedroom, which was at the end of the hall where all three bedrooms were, very small apartment. 12 o'clock, I'm lying in bed. I hear a shriek out of my parents' room like, I don't know, I've never heard before. Primal I grab out of my closet the sawed off hockey stick that I keep for my defense. I worked for the professional hockey team in Atlanta at the time. I'd gotten a broken stick from a game. I shaved the blade off, sawed the blade off, had a very nice wooden hockey stick. And if anybody ever came in our house, that was gonna be it. I grab it, I run to my parents' bedroom. My dad now has the door open. My mom's standing on the bed. She's in hysterics and she's pointing at the corner of the room. And she says, there's a, I, there's a rat in the room. And so I scurry over there and look behind my dad's golf magazines, which are st- stacked up on the floor. And surely enough, there is a panicked rat there. Just as I, as I take a poke with my foot. It runs under my parents' bed, around the corner, behind some other books my mom has stacked there. And uh, don't let the kids hear this. And I just think, this is my shot. It's trapped in the corner. It's right behind the books. And the stick is perfect. I just go down the wall. And that was the end oh. of that night. And I think to myself, I think to myself, our God Mm. has a staff to gently lead us, Mm. but he has a rod Mm. and he promises to protect us. So I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, A, and you lead and protect me. Mm. People say all the time, uh, I'm not worried about it because Laurie's got my back. Mm. I know so-and-so is out to get me, but... Janet has my back. And I'm like, who's Janet? She's five foot five, 118 pounds. And as soon as Janet gets a chance, she might bail. Yeah. Happens all the time. I'm going to lay down tonight and sleep, not because Janet has my back, but because Jesus has my back. Fear is faith in the enemy. Mm. It's simply believing everything that can go wrong and everything he promises is going to go wrong is going to go wrong. But the antidote to fear isn't courage. That's the tricky thing. It's not I got to bulk up, hulk up. The antidote to fear is faith. It's looking up and waking up. And the soundtrack to faith is worship. Beautiful. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.